Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. In ten minutes, it's six thirty p.m., your usual workout time, and you're just plain out tired. You just came home exhausted after nine hours of work, and before you realize, another item on your schedule is up. For years, you believe that the busier you are, the more productive you are. However, recently, you felt demotivated, less interested. Or even annoyed of all the commitments that once brought you joy, you forgot when did you start using "I'm so busy right now" as a reply to anyone who asks you how have you been. You ask yourself, "When did I start feeling overwhelmed with all the commitments? When's the last time I can smile without worry? When's the last time I feel like I'm living my life?" Welcome to episode thirty-five. How to self improve by getting unbusy.、Um, Guide to a better life by eliminating busyness with Dr. Garland Vance. First of all, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning into Life Plus Up podcast. For the past fifteen days, our country and the world is going through changes due to the hurt and pain that have been laying in the foundation of our society. Pursuits of happiness, it's all right. But seems to be a distant dream to many of our people, while others take them for granted or even create roadblocks and obstacles for others. I started this podcast with a goal to help anyone who wants a better quality of life and success in personal, financial, and career. A plus up, if you may ask. Now, as our world and society is at a historical event, my heart and support goes to all the peaceful protesters out there. Who are risking their lives for a better future? My heart goes out to anyone that are affected, but I'm also strongly urged against any violence of any kind, as that will always tend and pollute the message that we work so hard to pass on. Right? Like I have mentioned before, protest is always the first step of raising awareness of an issue, but our power of reform really starts at the ballot box. Remember, you can make a difference. 
by becoming a registered voter and ensure that our new society will be built on the very principle of equality. At last, I want to continue to remind everyone that the global pandemic is still very much real in our lives and there are still millions of families out there that have been affected by coronavirus. If you can visit family2family.org to support these families who are in need with food, groceries, and essentials. That would be fantastic. If you are locally to New York, please visit foodbanknyc.org and lend our neighbor a helping hand. Now, as we have a special guest in our episode today, we had the fortune to invite Dr. Garland Vince, the founder of Events Leadership and the author of getting unbusy. For years, Dr. Garland Vince has been helping many professionals, leaders, and organizations to live with a purpose, productivity, and most importantly, peace through his research-driven system of getting unbusy. So now, before we jump into our interview with Dr. Garland Vince, I would like to start with some positive and inspiring news. Today, our news is brought to you by CNN The Good Stuff, written by Ella Lazar, and the headline is, for his 100th birthday, a World War II veteran is walking 100 miles to raise money for coronavirus relief. A World War II veteran from Minnesota is celebrating his 100th birthday with an act of kindness that will help feed thousands of people in his community. Mikey Nelson, 99 years old, is walking 100 miles through his small city of Clark's Grove in an initiative he is named Walking to 100. Nelson, who turns 100 on June 27, said he was inspired to walk to raise money for coronavirus relief after reading the story on war veteran Tang Moore, who raised more than $37.4 million by walking 100 laps around his garden. Instead of walking laps, Nelson is walking miles to mark his 100th birthday. Since beginning his walk in May, Nelson has raised over $42,000 already, all which go to the Salvation Army's feeding and emergency programs. During the years of depression, they had soup lines and other ways for people to get food, and that stood out to me because I've been lucky to always have food on the table, Nelson told CNN. When everything happened, that's what I thought of. There are people going hungry, and I can do something about it. More than 700,000 Minnesotans and North Dakotans, about 20% of the workforce, have filed for unemployment since the beginning of pandemic, according to the Salvation Army. About 40% of those who have recently become unemployed are now looking at food banks for the first time to find a way to feed their families. The amount of people we are seeing in need across the country is off the charts, the Salvation Army Executive Development Director, Brian Malahom, told CNN. We have seen 900% increase in demands from people with food insecurity issues in many of our locations. So when I look at the money he's raising, oh man, oh man, it's exciting to think about the joy and hope he will bring to thousands of people. Nelson a Clark's Grove resident his entire life, is also having a struggle of his own. He is isolating away from his wife, who is quarantined alone at a nursing home he is not allowed to visit. 
For now, the veteran hopes to help feed as many people as possible while reminding the world that we are all in this together. I believe in America, Democrats and Republicans should be united in helping the less fortunate among us, Nelson said. We are the United States of America, and that is what my generation fought for. And here, a light plus up, Mickey Nelson, we really salute to you to all the kindness and the goods you have done for our country and our community. You are true inspirations, and we sure hope that you will be completing your 100 miles and be able to enjoy your birthday with the biggest praise and also the biggest joy that your community can celebrate. So here, we thank you. Now, before we jump into our interview with Doctor, let us take a short break. All right, we have our guest, Dr. Garland Vince here is with us. Hi, Garland, how are you doing today? I'm great, Kevin, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. I'm glad that you were able to join us. Like it's 9.30 here in New York, but what time over there in Nashville right now? Yeah, so, so I'm actually in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is Eastern uh, time. Nashville is Central, so 9.30 as well. Fantastic, right. that's good too. So I don't wanna go ahead and make it so hard for you that you have to wake up a couple hours earlier than we do, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a pretty early riser already. So uh, it's if it were late at night, I would probably fall asleep on you. <laughs> so Garland, like I had a little chance to introduce your background with my audience earlier, but, but I think it's much better for you to let us know who you are and also just some backgrounds and what your achievement have been in the communities and your careers so we can get to know you a little bit more. How's that sound? Sure, sounds great. So uh, like you said, uh, Dr. Garland Vance, I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, and my wife and I co-founded our business, Advanced Leadership, which helps high achievers live and lead with purpose, productivity, and peace. Uh, I spent almost 20 years in the nonprofit world of leadership and leadership development. And while I was doing that, my wife and I started our own business, started consulting, and uh, fell in love with it and so decided that we would step away from the nonprofit world because we felt like we could do more good for the world by being outside of organizations and helping them than we could being inside the organizations. I think that's fantastic because a lot of time when you're in the organization that you're being bound or actually being caught up in the box frame of that mission statement. But if you're able to step outside and train leaders of different mission statements and visions, you can create greater impact. So definitely yeah. love your philosophy on that part. Thanks, now, Kevin. So I know that starting your own consultation company and also your own events leadership, is not going to be easy. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the experiences, how you get to where you are today? Sure. So, um, so the nonprofit world is actually a great training ground for uh, leadership and for really entrepreneurial uh, endeavors because you have to think creatively about how to use limited resources and allocate your time and your energy. Um, and so, um, so for us, it was a fairly natural transition. That doesn't mean that it was easy, but, but we were uh, pretty big visionaries already. And so what really began to happen is we took some of those vision uh, that we had about helping people live with purpose and productivity and peace and began to focus it and create more customized solutions for the businesses uh, that we were working with. Um, one of the biggest transitions we went through is we were living in Texas at the time. 
uh, and we didn't love where we were living. The people were amazing, uh, but the, the location where we were just, it wasn't pretty, there were no mountains. And so we decided to take control of our own lives and move uh, to the mountains of Tennessee where we had uh, dreamed of retiring one day and we're still a long way away from retiring. Um, and so that was for us one of the biggest benefits of it was saying, let's take control of our lives and put our business where we want our lives to be. You know, I think that's fantastic. As we have previously discussed in our previous conversation is that our podcast is really focusing on helping our audience to achieve success in personal, financial, and career. And yeah. then you cannot really call yourself successful if you only do one or the other, right? Right. And what you have demonstrated in your experience is that you want to combine all three, making sure you have a good personal life relationship with your family, having the success you're looking forward for, and most importantly, having your career in your hands. I think yeah. that's a very motivational, inspirational journey on that part. But it cannot be so easy, right? Especially that when you talk about leadership or consultations, a lot of time when you are really stands out as a brand, when you take yourself out of the busy Texas and go into a more of a slower area or more of a peaceful area, how do you able to reach audience that you're looking for to communicate? Like those leaders, what obstacles have you overcome just to build your brands up? Yeah, so I think there are, um, there are obstacles to moving to a smaller location and uh, not having it as, uh, as densely populated as a bigger uh, city. And so a part of that is uh, for us is making sure that we're carving out every week and almost every day uh, contacts and just being very intentional in nurturing relationships uh, with clients, with potential clients, uh, making sure that we're staying in front of them because we may not be right in front of them physically, but we want to make sure that we're, we're in contact with them uh, regularly. And I think the other part of it is making sure that what you offer is of such great value that they don't really care where you're from. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times people will say, well, why'd you move to Knoxville? You know, it, it, it's not a huge city in, in the grand scheme of, of the world. Why'd you move to Knoxville? And I think being able to say to people, because what we offer to you is so good that it's not going to matter to you where we live. You know what? I think that's a fantastic message, especially in the modern technology that we are able to really broadcast to a bigger audience. And let's be honest that you're in small city or big city with a COVID-19, you'll have to be in your home. So exactly. It's not gonna to be too much of a difference at this moment. We have to be creative. I wanna go ahead and highlight something. The book that you sent me, thank you very much for your gift. Perfect birthday gift. Oh, great. <laughs> so the unbusiness, like when I was reading at that particular term, it's quite a struck is that a lot of leaders or a lot of uh, business owners, we always complain about how busy we are. Yeah. But like what you have said in the particular example of a smoker bragging about smoking two packs a day while complaining about smoking itself, it doesn't make too much sense. Right. So I love the idea on that part. So why don't you let our audience know what busyness is? Because I feel you can be the best person to explain that. Sure. So I wrote this book, Getting Unbusy. And the easiest definition of busyness is that busyness is an overcommitment to too many good commitments. 
all of us, you know, talk about how busy we are. Uh, you, you see a friend in the grocery store or at Starbucks for the first time in a while, and you ask them how they're doing, and their natural response is, well, I'm good, I'm just really busy. And so we kind of brag about this, uh, but the reality is we are busy with really good commitments, work and family and um, opportunities to, to benefit other people around us, side hustles that we're starting, podcasts that we're, we're launching. All of these opportunities are really, really good opportunities, but when you have too many of them, all of those good opportunities can lead to a bad and overwhelmed life. I think a lot of people can resonate that with that particular theories. And when I was reading your book, that a lot of things that you say is really coming down from personal experiences. So yeah. let me ask you, Garland, is when, does, when did you realize busyness start to impact in your life or even your organizations? Yeah, I realized that when busyness nearly killed me. And uh, so let me give the, the backstory to that. Um, it was back in 2013, and um, I have always been a type A highly driven type of person. And, and truthfully, I enjoy that. I like setting big goals and going after them. Uh, but it was back in 2013, and I started having all of these physical problems of chronic migraine headaches and heart palpitations and, and you know, forgetfulness um, and, uh, and uh, exhaustion. Like I would wake up exhausted. I would go to bed exhausted. And so I went to my doctor to find out what is going on. And my doctor asked me to uh, tell him about my life. And I said, of course, well, uh, you know, I'm busy, but it, it's good. And he said, well, tell me what busy means. And, and I said, well, I, you know, I work 50 to 60 hours a week with this nonprofit and I'm spending 10 to 20 hours a week working on my doctorate in leadership and I have three kids. And so my wife and I are involved in their lives and in the activities that they're doing. And we're helping our church develop a new leadership program. And, you know, all of these good commitments. And my doctor put his hand on my shoulder and he looked me in the eye and he said, I am concerned for your life. And what he went on to say is that what I was experiencing was stress, even though I didn't think I was stressed out, but I was experiencing stress and I was stressed out because of all of that busyness. And Kevin, because I was involved in, uh, studying leadership and I was working on this doctorate in leadership, I said, I'm going to actually study busyness and find out, is my doctor telling me the truth? Is busyness actually doing anything to us? And if it's doing something to me, it's got to be doing something to other high achievers and high capacity leaders. So let's look into it. And that's when I became convinced as I started studying it and seeing what it was doing, I became convinced that if we don't kill busyness, it's going to kill us. And I think you're right. Like when I was reading the book, I was like, yes, clinical migraines. I think I have that, right? Like <laughs> waking up early is like, I have a routine to a point that before when I first started, is I had to go and do one hour of fitness every day, right in the morning. And it become like a obligation emotionally drained that I had to fit into the busy schedule. Yeah. Like the same joy I used to have. I'm cutting down the miles I've been running. So I was like, this book is really amazing that I feel, if I feel like this, a lot of people who are currently type A, like you said, are also feeling the same thing. And we're always looking for the way to improve the quality of what we do. Right. Surprising to us is less is more that we will be able to focus on the quality if we are able to go ahead and commit to a better obligation and tell ourselves to stress a little less. So I love 
the whole entire thing. Thanks. And now I want to go ahead and say is that one of the big key that you say in the book is how this can negatively impact organizations. And you help a lot of leaders on transforming the culture of their organization. What do you tell us about how does busyness can destroy an organization slowly? Right. So I think there are multiple ways that uh, it destroys organizations. But so, so let me just kind of tell you what, what starts happening and, and, you know, what's the progression that happens. So what tends to happen is organizations begin to add more and more goals that they want to go after or initiatives or uh, programs that they're trying to drive. And so there becomes so many goals that there's not enough clarity for all of the people who are in the organizations. They're sitting there and they're going, what, what all are we driving toward? And what ends up happening is your entire workforce becomes busier. So you have busy people already and the organization is making them even busier. So uh, just a couple of, of stats around this. Um, Gallup reports that the average salaried employee works 47 hours a week. So that's, that's a full workday more than the average nine to five. And 25% of those people work 60 or more hours a week. We're taking less vacation days than ever before because if you take a vacation, you have to catch up from it. So it seems like it's just too much trouble to, to do that. And then we have technology, which is wonderful, but it's creating this boundaryless office where I'm checking email at 11 o'clock at night or my phone goes off at three o'clock in the morning and I feel like I have to, to answer it. And so all of this busyness that is happening in people's lives then leads to greater disengagement. And so, you know, people are, are resenting their jobs and frustrated with them. And then the organizational leaders say, we're not getting everything out of our employees. We need to push them harder. And the reality is those leaders are doing the exact opposite of what would get them better results. I think anyone who get their quarterly KPI goals will, get, will understand what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Right? It's like, what, more KPI coming in? How many KPI can you have? Or come <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I have 48 KPIs. This cannot be right. Now, sooner or later, that I think it'll be to a point that nobody understands what the main goal the company wants to drive, right? I think yeah. you're completely right on that part because I have seen companies slowly deteriorate from world-class organization down to someone that's fairly competitive inside the industry. But one thing that I will say is I don't want to share too much thing of the book because I wanted to go buy it. But however, <laughs> I see that if you can tell us about the five steps of your unbusy part, so at least we can know what they're trying to go ahead and deal with. Because the last thing they want to do is another 16,000 steps to follow to do this, right? Right. Yeah, well, the beauty of the model that I discovered in, in my research was uh, it, it really is a fairly simple process to move from stressed, overwhelmed, and exhausted to purposeful, productive, and peaceful. Uh, and so um, there, are, there are five steps. The first step is that a person has to decide that busyness isn't worth it, that it's taking a toll on them physically, mentally, emotionally, relationally. Uh, it's tearing apart their organization and even their productivity. Uh, and then once you decide to get unbusy, then you begin to deconstruct some of the beliefs and habits and even commitments that keep you trapped in busyness. 
And once you deconstruct some of those, then you design the life you want to live. And I walk people through, how do you actually design your life around the relationships that are most important, the personal growth and development that's most important for you, and a, around the dreams and the priorities that you have. Because what most people are doing is they're sacrificing their biggest dreams on the altar of busyness. And so we want them to live a life that really is focused on the dreams that they have and the priorities that they have. So after they design that life, then they're gonna develop it. They're gonna put it into their calendar and start developing habits that are unbusy habits and even develop an unbusy mind because the mind is one of the biggest obstacles that keeps us trapped in busyness. And then the final step is deconstruct, uh, sorry, is to draw others in. So you begin to draw in your family, your friends, and your coworkers. So again, just those five real quick where you decide, deconstruct, design, develop, and draw others in. And I think that's a very good point because when you talk about those, is that that five steps, even those are called steps, but it's really tailored to the readers individually and how they interpret it, right? Right. So go ahead and try to use this philosophy to build their own point because you don't want to follow other people's plan. You want to have something that is your own. So when you actually achieve it, you feel like you're doing yourself the best thing you can. But wow. I did go ahead and see that. I was trying to look into that five steps and I have a, uh, I'm still struggling on the designing part. Right. There is a lot of like for people like type A, it's like when you talk about designing, you go full force. I'm trying to build big pictures, right? So right. what are some best practice you can share with people like me who thinks too much, especially <laughs> stuck on step number three? Sure. So if you're stuck on, on step number three, so uh, again, step number three is you design and you want to design the pace and the space of life. You want to design what I call the core four, which I'll unpack in just a minute. And then you want to uh, design your dreams and your priorities. So the first thing that I would say is if you're stuck on, on step three is focus on pace. Uh, uh, focus on actually forcing your body to slow down a little bit because when you force your body to slow down, your mind follows and you have a little bit more time to think clearly about the commitments that are in front of you and what's really, really important. I experienced this yesterday in my own life. I had one of those days, you know, just because I, I wrote a book about uh, busyness doesn't mean that I practice it perfectly all the time. And yesterday I had overcommitted to myself. I gave myself too, many, too much to do. And um, I was sitting there around lunchtime and I had, I, my heart was racing and I was like, man, what in the world is going on? And I realized what I had done. And so the first thing that I did is I just slowed down, started breathing a little bit more slowly. Uh, I was having lunch with my family. And so just even chewing my food more slowly was super helpful. And then the second practice that I would really encourage you to do is I uh, really challenge people to design time in their schedule for what I call the core four. Now, the core four are the best practices of highly productive but unbusy people. And it's uh, relationships, recreation, which is anything you love to do for the sheer sake of doing it. Relationships, recreation, rest, and reflection, thinking back about what happened so that you can do better the next time. So what I would encourage you to do if you're stuck is to schedule time in your calendar for recreation. So recreation are the things you love to do and recreation 
it feels like a waste of time a lot of times to type A personalities, but it's actually giving you energy back, which is the best way to utilize your time. So build 10 minutes or you know half an hour into your schedule to do things that you love to do. And as you do that, you're going to begin to, to design more and more of the life that you want to live. I know, slowing down, like telling a New Yorker to slow down the pace, <laughs> almost impossible, but I feel like that is two things that I think all New Yorker experience. We don't have time for recreations. We don't know what slowing down means. Right, right. That's exactly what we need because as you can see that a lot of times, like you said, we are really hurting ourselves by trying to go and take away what the key piece of recreation away. Yeah. But Dr. Ever since that you have launched this book, I see a lot of positive feedback on the reviews on Amazon and everywhere. So tell me, how does this book change your life since you launched them? Yeah, so uh, it's had a lot of really good uh, effects. So one of the best effect was um, just uh, it, back in um, November, Getting Unbusy was recognized by Forbes as one of the seven books everybody on your team should read. And when that happened, uh, there became a lot more um, attention that uh, was paid to the book. And so um, I've been able to travel more and actually do uh, be in some of the places I wanted to be from California to I had a trip planned to Hawaii that got postponed for coronavirus. And, um, and so there's been a, a huge benefit just in traveling and in speaking more and in going to, to um, better places. Um, on the, the negative side, I think one of the things that's happened is I've had to work harder to stay unbusy while telling people to get unbusy. And so, you know, you don't want to be, I, I don't want to be working 80 hours a week and doing the exact opposite of what I'm telling everyone is, is good for them. And so my family's just had to be really intentional with um, making sure that in the midst of talking to people more, leading more workshops, uh, speaking at more events that we're also living at the pace that we're committed to live at. And definitely, especially that when you talk about how your families are in this with you. Yeah. Now, let me ask a side question is, have any of your families been practicing this unbusyness? And then how are some positive effects that you start seeing them and how the changes of their habits and everything else? Yeah, so my family has definitely, my, my immediate family, my wife and my three kids have uh, definitely uh, done that. Um, e even this past week, um, just in some of the decisions that we make. So, uh, so one of the decisions uh, that we've had to make in, in recent weeks is, hey, does our family get a pet, uh, particularly a dog? That's what my kids really want. And um, we've been able to take a step back before we went and you know said yeah let's go buy a dog and um and and ask the question what are the responsibilities that come with that what are the um how is that going to affect the life that we live and our family has really been able to say we would like a dog but we also know that having a dog would force us to live in a way that we don't want to it's adding extra responsibility in, into our lives and so we've decided that we're going to let my dad get a dog. He's close to retirement. And then all of, all of us can enjoy it without having to take care of it. Um, so that's been uh, a lot of fun in just getting my immediate family to understand what busyness is and how we can think through our responsibilities and commitments before we make them to stay 
at a, a, a purposeful and productive pace. And I think that's a brilliant idea of letting your dad get in your dog because getting <laughs> after what it cannot be easy, right? <laughs> exactly. But Garland, one thing that I do want to go ahead and say is that as you are a top, like a top seller now, right? Your readers demand more now. So what are your next career aspiration or what are your next big project that you want us to know? Because I am pretty sure that now we are finishing the busy. They want to see what other Dr. Garland events can tell us, right? Yeah, so the next thing for us is uh, probably there, there's two options. I'll give you the one that, I, that we're leaning more toward. Um, one of those options is, uh, so we've written about peace, getting unbusy. You know, when you think about purpose, productivity, and peace, getting unbusy is all about getting peace. So the next step for us is about purpose and helping uh, readers and, uh, and even business leaders understand how do you discover what your purpose is, put it in a single sentence, and then create the life that you want around that purpose? Because a lot of us, it's, you know, are striving after getting a whole lot of money or getting a whole lot of notoriety. And there's a much bigger purpose for your life. And if you can understand that and begin to organize your life around that, you can do massive have a massive impact on others around you simply by the focus that you gain from a purpose. And I think that's going to be a fun read, especially that when you talk about purpose and peace, that this is what society is looking forward for as I we're going through a new changes of era right now. Yeah. So, so Garland, I want to ask you is that if you have one message for anyone that is on the brink of buying your book, but doesn't know if they want to invest that money for it. What is that particular message you want to get to them to push them over that commitment level? Yeah. So I, I would say this to you is there is a better way to live than this experience of constant stress and exhaustion. There is a better way to live that actually helps you accomplish more while you stress less, but it's completely up to you. It's not your boss's choice. It's not your kid's choice. It's up to you whether you choose to get unbusy. So I would say to your audience, get busy getting unbusy. You know what? That's a fantastic ending for that particular part. And of course, for every single listener out there, if you have not seen this audio, Dr. Garland Vince has not stopped smiling for the entire time. <laughs> and I think that particular positive energy is what we really need, that you want to go ahead and portray that happiness at every single corner you can. So Dr. we really thank you for your time. Now I can ask you for one last favor. Okay. One word suggestion that you have, one word for all the listeners out there. One word, suggestion, one word, okay. one word. slow. All right, that's the best one for me. So <laughs> doctor, I will thank you very much for your time. And then of course that for everyone out there, it's time to get busy to be unbusy. Yes, thanks Kevin. No worries, doctor, see you next time. All right. All right, I hope everyone enjoyed the interview. And once again, if you want to refer back to our show notes, please look into our show description. And most importantly, you'll be able to find the links to Dr. Garland Vin's website and also information about his book. So let's go ahead and take this time to start thinking about how we can make our life better by becoming unbusy.
As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description, you'll be able to find the overview of our content, the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or find me on Instagram or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember, success without fun never lasts. And fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.